Home time with Bush and Richie. Welcome to yet uh, another podcast. Thank you very much uh, for streaming or downloading, however you are. Uh, Bush, this is, as you already know, uh, another edition where uh, I'm from home and uh, you're in the studio. Has its ups, has its downs. I'm missing your teas, as I said yesterday. I thought you took them out of the way I kind of allure you, but you mean actually hot drinks. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking of both, but in this specific case, uh, the hot drinks. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the advantages I've had today is uh, Natalie and Rocco have brought me back from the drive-through McDonald's uh, a spontaneous McDonald's fries. Wow. And this happened uh, midway through the show that you're about to hear. You might hear Richie's energy perk up a little bit, maybe at the halfway <laughs> point. But uh, absolutely outrageous. You were munching on lovely, warm McDonald's fries. Uh, as we were trying to organise what we're going to do next on the show. it's uh, It was flagrant. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it, so it was a lovely surprise. The downside, it's a downside that at least I can clamp down on very quickly. I'm sat here uh, in the spare room doing the show, and then suddenly there's warmth to my left-hand side, and the radiators come on, and I've thought to myself, hang on a minute, what's going on? thermostat had been adjusted now if i was with you in the studio i wouldn't have known about that so uh, words have been had trust me so you're sat up there like little lord fontroy having chips and then now you're complaining about the fact that natalie is obviously putting the heating on whilst you're out of the house i think the two are linked i think she went and bought the chips so that i wouldn't moan about the uh, heating going on. oh you're right that's what it is it's a sweetener isn't it take the edge off it bought me off bought me off with fries <laughs> It's fair to say our three-year-old is very excited about Christmas. Not long to go now. How many days is it? What, is, what day are we on now? Nine. Nine days to go before Christmas. And you can't beat that excitement of, of going, as a kid going upstairs to bed knowing that in the night Santa's going to arrive and sneak in and put presents at the foot of your bed and everything in your stockings. It's an amazing thing. Uh, and Thea, our youngest, just uh, about three and a bit, uh, very curious about logistics, like where's Santa going to park, his sleigh, how many reindeers are going to be there, what chimney, all that kind of stuff. She's also uh, quite keen to know what we're going to leave out for him uh, in terms of, like, food and snacks and treats in the nighttime. And do you know what? I've not really thought that through. So I thought just this little, uh, little hour of the Hometime Show, first hour, just to get a sense, the lay of the land, what people are leaving out for Santa on Christmas Eve night. Richie, what are you leaving out for him? Uh, leaving out uh, for him a, a mince pie. Uh, nice. a mince pie for Santa. For uh, Santa. And uh, a carrot uh, for whichever reindeer is assigned to our round. Because uh, I'm, not, I'm not for a second expecting that uh, every one of the whole troop is going to be landing on our roof. So, um, Isn't that going to cause World War Three? if you're only going to give one carrot to one of the reindeer? Because he's got quite a few going on, isn't he, on the sleigh? Yeah, but equally, I don't want to slow down any of Santa's logistics by him having to carry up more than one carrot back up the chimney yeah. and, obviously, his mince pie, unless he wants to eat that uh, in the lounge before he heads back up. Imagine that he doesn't even get to India because he's up and down your chimney ferrying carrots to all of his reindeer. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting, like Nicola says, I, I won't be leaving any of this milk nonsense. She says, that's a recent thing, I assume, that has come over with American movies. And she adds, and she makes a really good point, who wants a glass of milk on a cold night? Have you ever thought about that? Another very good point that Nicola makes is you don't know exactly what time he turns up during the night. We go to sleep and then he just arrives at some point in the morning. That milk could have curdled. Imagine that, completely turned. in the Giving Santa some kind of irritable gut over Christmas. Again, affecting an entire continent later down the shift. 
if you catch a drift. So Mark's tweeted, uh, the laptop open with football manager ready just in case he fancies a game. Oh. Some, weak, some weak crunchies and maybe a whisper too. Now, Richie, you've just got your team Stevenage into the playoffs. Would you allow yeah. Santa to have a go at one of the playoff games that's so crucial to your season? Uh, no, for two reasons. Uh, one, uh, I've got the tactics set up perfectly. Uh, and secondly, I know how addictive that game is. We, <laughs> that man's on a tight schedule. We don't need it throwing. That's a good point. Nothing to slow Santa down, please. Emil says he's going to leave him four cans of super strength Kestrel Lager. Thank you for that. <laughs> I remember my dad used to drink that when we were teenagers. I remember coming back from the pub one night looking for someone else to have to drink afterwards. <laughs> and we had two cans of his Kestrel super strength. And we literally uh, could almost see into a different uh, dimension. <laughs> Uh, this text here says, I'll be leaving a little nip of JD to keep Santa warm on Christmas Eve, just as well he doesn't get breathalyzed. I mean, there's a lot to think about, isn't there, with what you leave out? Suzanne says, uh, we always leave out shortbread or a mince pie for Santa with a glass of orange juice, in brackets, my eldest insisted that's what he'd want, and a carrot for Rudolph. <laughs> uh, Wendy says, a large scotch and a club sandwich. He needs oh. to keep his energy up. If the reindeers are obviously doing the driving of the sleigh, then I would have thought Santa's OK to have a scotch, isn't he? He probably is. It's like almost like these uh, uh, driverless cars you've got in the modern era. Yes. Just sit back yeah, and relax, have a sleep. Yeah. Uh, Mike says, a couple of cans of Guinness and a bag of sweets. Uh, he adds, Santa is normally fed up of milk, mince pies and cookies by the time he gets to us. Uh, right, Debbie, what's going on at yours? Golly, the Palmo. <laughs> For the uninitiated, Debbie, let us know uh, what uh, Santa is getting in Darlington then. He is getting uh, a palmo, so it is a chicken escallop, so bashed flat, um, coated in breadcrumbs, deep fried, and topped with bechamel sauce and then loads of cheese on top. You can get other toppings as well. We sometimes go for a hot shot, which has got pepperoni and jalapenos on top, or you can have a Hawaiian. I mean, that's a bit bit controversial because that's got the pineapple on top as well, so... You know, quite a lot of controversy on Teesside over the Palmos up here. A big, big time. And, and once Santa's sat down and he's having a Palmo, he's not going to want to leave Darlington, is he? There is implications to this oh, meal. N- no, no, you, you have to have a snooze after a Palmo, especially if it's the full one. <laughs> so, to, so to clarify, you're expecting him to actually stop in Darlington and have this. It's not the kind of thing that he can take in some kind of like takeaway tray and, and eat in the sleigh. Oh, no, no, you've got to enjoy it on Teesside, the home of the Palmo. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited on Santa's behalf for this. <laughs> Kaz in Somerset says, as a proud Scot, we always leave a wee whiskey for Santa when my son was younger and a mince pie. This has changed, however, when we realised that whiskey made Santa a bit sweary and obnoxious, so we've left <laughs> him a beer instead this year. <laughs> Just doing a little survey. What do you leave out for the big man Christmas Eve night? Love to know. We've got Tracy on the line. What do you leave out in your house then, Tracy? Um, well, we always leave a slice of birthday cake because it's my daughter's birthday, so she always makes sure there's a slice left. Oh, oh isn't what that a nice. lovely treat. Now, I mean, how does how does your, your daughter cope with, with the birthday the day before and then obviously Christmas Day the next day? She'll be waiting for his presents down the chimney and obviously she, she doesn't do the whole joined, joined up thing, surely? No, she absolutely loves it. She loves getting presents Christmas Eve and then she gets another lot on Christmas Day. So she really loves it, always has. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, because my birthday's December the 20th, and I have had a, a family history of people amalgamating Christmas and birthday together, and it's unfair, but it's good that your daughter... What's your daughter's name, no, by the way? She never, the one... she never lets anyone do that. Um, it's two presents for a, a stroppy child, so... Um, but, yeah, she, she doesn't appreciate me saying that. Um, no, um, she's called Kate. Oh, you could have called her Eve, because it's on Christmas Eve, it's her birthday. Yeah, that would have been 
That would have been a good idea, yeah. And how old is she this year again? She's going to be 18, so yeah. Blimey. All grown up. So what do 18-year-olds want for Christmas then? That's a tough one to ask Santa for, isn't it? It is very tough. Um, I'm not quite sure what she's asked for this year. OK. <laughs> Could That's... be could be something a little bit more than um, uh, just cake left under the uh, under the uh, the chimney for him. Could be a bit more bubbly. Well, she often leaves um, a bottle of Budweiser as well. So, figures <laughs> <laughs> Santa's a beer drinker. Fantastic! It's going to be a party around your house. <laughs> Definitely. Here's another number for you: twelve. Twelve, the number of Daves of Christmas that we meet every year. And it's time to meet the sixth right now. Who's this? It's Dave from Stourbridge. Stourbridge! Yes! <laughs> Dave, how is the West Midlands this afternoon? It's not too bad. It's been all right. It's been all right. OK, you're a festive Dave. We're trying to make sure and, you know, sense check that every Dave we've got in our 12 Daves of Christmas is a festive Dave. Are you festive? Christmas trumpet is being worn as we speak. Wow. Are you at work, in a workplace, being a crazy festive Dave then? <laughs> Actually, not today. No, I work from home today, but normally, yes. Brilliant. And what is on your Christmas jumper, uh, incidentally, Dave? It's a Pac-Man Christmas jumper. They're all in Santa hats. <laughs> He's a live wire. This guy's a live wire. <laughs> I think he works in IT. He does. I'm just speculating. <laughs> what do you do, Dave? Uh, I'm a data analyst for the NHS. Oh, you're not you're not behind the scenes giving uh, witty no. uh, info or anything like that. No, no, I'm not that high up. No. Okay, so when he says next slide, that isn't you, Dave. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I wish I had that button. That'd be great. Aspirational. <laughs> right. Well, let's. Uh, we'd love for you to be our next Dave of Christmas. Are you up for singing it loud and proud? Yes, of course. Let's take it away. On, On the sixth, sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. <laughs> Dave from Starbridge. Dave from Newcastle. David from Essex. Dave from Liverpool. And a Dave in Manchester. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I honestly think we're the weakest link. Our singing's got terrible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it has. This is our worst year so far. David from Essex just sounds so formal in the middle of it all. Absolutely love it. I think we need auto-tune. That's what the, all the pop stars use these days, isn't it? We need auto-tune. If you would like to be our seventh Dave of Christmas tomorrow, it'd be brilliant to have you on the list. All you've got to do is text us now, 8.12.15, or email hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Global Music Star Back Catalogue Corner. It's uh, one of the uh, biggest features that we do on the show. It's occasional, but I know you all come here for it. Big news, Bush. Bruce Springsteen has sold all master recordings and publishing rights for his life's work... <gasps> to Sony for £376 million. Wow, so like all them songs that he's written and everything, he doesn't own yeah. them anymore, he's given them over to Sony. Given them over to Sony. Imagine you and me, all the gags, all the one-liners, all the competitions we've ever done, we just give them over to Absolute Radio. Oh, I mean, actually, that kind of is what happens. We don't have any ownership rights on anything we create here, do we? <laughs> yeah, we'll probably raise £3.76 we, we don't, we don't £376 mil. Yeah, we don't even own Roy Pak Choi. We haven't got the rights to Roy Pak Choi, for crying out loud. <laughs> But do you know what? As part of this, I was doing some doing some research, right? Uh, because obviously, going forward, they'll earn a lot of money on on his stream songs. That's how we consume stuff these days. When you dig into, obviously, you've got some, some amazing albums, some amazing songs. Try and guess most streamed Bruce Springsteen songs in the UK. Have a guess. Uh, it's got to be Born in the USA. Uh, born in the USA, number four. Ooh. Philadelphia streets, Philadelphia. Now, here's the thing, right? A shocking number six. 
Wow. So what what can be the top one if those two, which I thought were the main ones, are quite low down the list? Dancing in the Dark, number one. Born to Run, number two. I'm on Fire, number three. Born in the USA, number four. Here's the thing that I can't believe, right? We're not talking Glory Days. We're not talking Thunder Road. We're not talking Hungry Heart. The fifth most streamed song in the UK for Bruce Springsteen is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Well, that live one that we play quite a bit, particularly during the festive period. The live one that we play over the festive period that without fail makes you and I go, this is his worst song, what was he thinking? <laughs> he doesn't... Like, no offence, because obviously loads of people love uh, the boss and he is the boss and all that kind of stuff as well, but, you know, li- live performances sometimes, he's obviously running around jumping with his guitar. There's a couple of bum <laughs> notes, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's more than a couple. Graham has texted the show, 8 12, 15 a text, love hearing from you lot. He says, why is Bruce Springsteen called the boss? Because he had a habit of collecting money earned during shows and then dis- distributing it evenly amongst his bandmates. Good trivia, if that's true. Is that true? I think it might be true. If so, it proves that the boss is indeed a good egg. It's home time with Bush and Ritchie, the show that has a radio station for every decade, and right now, it's time to jump through time. Bush and Ritchie through the decades. With Tesco Mobile. One of you could be winning £500 as we take you through the decades. Can you answer a question from each of the Absolute Radio Decade stations to win that cash? The lady who thinks she can today is Sarah. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Great to have you on the show, Sarah. The last time we had a win, it was so long ago, it feels like the Bayer Tapestry. <laughs> well, let's see if I can win some money today. I think you're going to be all right. Where are you situated right now? What's the situation as you go into our time machine? Um, I'm situated at the Doncaster Services on the M18. Um, <laughs> just trying to win £500 for Christmas. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, you have no idea how much Bush and I love chatting about service stations. Love uh, we it. could almost park the quiz right now and just talk to you about services. It's weird. We were talking about Sedgemore services just before we actually uh, spoke to you. So uh, <laughs> We really were. We really were. So, well, hopefully you get 500 quid, you go straight into services and help yourself to as many Ginsters as you can carry. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. There's an M&S in there, so that'd be exciting. Oh, it's a Bush one. Someone's doing all right for themselves, Sarah. Well, let's take you through some rules. We're going to give you seven questions, one from each of our sister stations, Absolute Radio <laughs> 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s and the present day. Uh, You've got 60 seconds on the clock to get all seven correct. You can't pass on a question, however, and when the time's up, the game ends and you're trapped in that decade for the rest of your life. Do you understand? Okay, I do. Here we go. Well, tell us which decade you'd like to start with then, Sarah. I think we'll just start, because you have to answer them all, so we'll just start at the beginning and work through, so we'll start with 60s. Brilliant. Well, here Good we go that. then. Put it into the time machine. Let, let's go through the decades. Through the decades. 60s. Strange Days is the second album by which American band? Oh dear God. Um, ZZ Top. It's not. Um, ACDC, Northern American. Um, American band. Iconic. Iconic American band. Um, 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 Oh dear God. Um, Iconic. There was a film about them. There was a film about them. It's a bit of an open shut answer, really. Yeah, see what he's done there. Open shot, open, open, open shot, close. Lee's singer oh, was called Jim. Jim, 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 Jim. Oh, God, I don't know. Why don't I know this? His surname's <laughs> like a supermarket. Hey? Oh, yeah. Jim, Jim, he's saying it's Tesco. <laughs> Jim, Jim Tesco. Tesco. <laughs> um, 
Oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Sarah. You're a loser, and you have lost. Oh. I don't know it. I literally don't know it. Richie, tell her what it was. It's the doors. I wouldn't have got that. Fronted up, of course, by Jim Tesco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jim James. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Well, look. I I wouldn't have got that. Sarah, you are stranded in the 60s. I don't know whether Doncaster Services was open back then. I don't Don't think it would have been because I'm not sure the M1 was built. It's the field. Um, So, uh, (laughs) sadly, it really is grim times for you. But (laughs) we've enjoyed chatting. Sarah, hard luck. Uh, no winner today. We play again Monday, and if you can't wait until then, spend the weekend getting prepped. Uh, play the Through the Decades uh, game on the Amazon smart speaker right now. You need to say this, open Through the Decades game. Through the Decades with Tesco is the night of our home time film club a chance for you uh, to get in touch with us and use the power of the home time audience uh, to pick a film for a very specific situation uh, that you are in home time and absolute radio.co.uk is how you email us uh, liam and the prosser family have got in touch uh, with us this evening they say bush and richie uh, liam says i've got a request for your film club uh, my parents were due to go on a cruise to celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary but Sadly, they're no longer going with everything that's happening in the world right now. With them due to spend Christmas with us now, what's a good boat-based movie we could watch together? <laughs> what about that? So it's almost like they would still want them to enjoy the whole boat thing, even though they can't go on the cruise. Oh, which is a nice sentiment. Um, I, I guess it depends what film we pick for them as how nice a sentiment it becomes. Um, I'm going to go back to 1980 according to my research here uh, and one of the Herbie movies do you remember Herbie Goes Bananas uh, which for a large part of it was set on an actual cruise ship they used to do a film at the end of the year when I was at primary school and some old fella would come in with a projector <laughs> and he'd have to stop halfway through to change the reels over him. and that was the Herbie movies then there you really, really reckon that's a good film for the parents to watch I remember it from my child. <laughs> the moment you, now that you're saying it's it's for these parents that are celebrating this wedding anniversary, I might have missed the mark a little bit. But, but for me, if you're talking a movie that's got a boat in, particularly a cruise ship, I don't think you can better Herbie Goes Bananas. But Her, like Herbie was a car though, right? So it was a car driving around a cruise ship. Is that what happened? Correct. Yeah, yeah. For a large part of it, he's causing havoc on a cruise ship. He's actually made to walk the plank off the cruise ship. This is madness. This is like the movie Cars before cars even existed. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to take people back to 1981 for mine. So both of us not going for an 80s choice. One of my favourite movies of all time. It's not technically a, a cruise ship, but it's below the sea. Das Boot. <laughs> the one about the German submarine. Absolutely yeah. fantastic film. Really tense. And then back then I remember thinking, oh my God, it goes on for hours. It's two and a half hours, which by modern film standards is is fine. But back then that was like an epic. So a couple of quite a diverse couple of suggestions to start things off then from the home time team. Uh, yeah, we've cast the net wide. Uh, this is for you now to get involved. Uh, help out the with the Prosser family, you say? Prosser family, Liam and the Prosser family. Uh, Dan tweets, it has to be under sieged. Uh, it's described here as Die Hard on a Battleship, and as Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it's appropriate for the time of year. It's a Steven Seagal classic bush. It has to be. Is, is that the one where he's the chef? 
Is that you what got it is? It? That's right, yep. He's the chef on a boat. Actually, to be fair, I mean, I've worked in a lot of kitchens over the years. Any chef you work with, normally quite angry, checkered <laughs> blue and white trousers, clogs, and they've got half a royal cigarette <laughs> chip behind their ear. So you can see how that happens. Uh, the couple of Age of Sail ones that have come in. This is me being a board game nerd. This is exactly the kind of board games that I'm playing at the moment. Uh, Terry Coleman says Master and Commander. I only watched that the other night, actually, with Russell Crowe in it. Absolutely brilliant. And then uh, McRae says, another Age of Sail movie, The Bounty, Mutiny on the Bounty with Anthony oh. Hopkins. <laughs> Mr. Christian, sir. <laughs> going, going classics. Uh, Dab's saying, guys, if I remember correctly, uh, the name of the girl that comes out of that cake in Under Siege is called Christmas. I bet you remembered her name, didn't you, mate? <laughs> Thank you for your suggestion on that. Uh, now, we've had a text in from someone claiming to be Johnny Vegas. Maybe it could be the legend that is Johnny Vegas. But the person goes on to say it has to be the Poseidon adventure. Any film that will make them grateful they stayed at home, it's that. <laughs> That's got Mark of Johnny all over it. It does. Uh, Leon says... Has to be Speed 2 Cruise Control. Okay, so it's a rubbish film, but if they can pass it off as a documentary about their actual cruise ship, they'll be relieved they didn't go. Uh, we've got Muzzer on the line. Muzzer, what boat-based movie are you recommending, mate? Carry On Cruising. Oh, oh, Muzzer, so these people are missing out on their wedding anniversary cruise, and instead they're watching a bit of British farce. Yep, well... So if if you know, you, you, unfortunately they can't go. So a little bit of uh, light on light-hearted comedy uh, right across the boards. The kids can enjoy it, but the adults will get the things. So yeah. Is there is there not a bit of blue involved in uh, the Carry On movies? A little bit of uh, Barbara Windsor, uh, someone putting two jugs in front of her. She's doing a stretch in the morning in just her underwear. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay, well, maybe ain't going to be an age rating that they can work with at the British Film Classification Board. <laughs> oh, and Kenneth Williams, Charles Hawtrey, Barbara oh, Windsor, classic. Absolute classics, a lot of them. Right, a lot to take care of before we finish tonight. We need to pick a movie for the Prosser family uh, for the Christmas. The, uh, the, the, the parents are staying there uh, rather than go off on their cruise that they've cancelled for their anniversary. What boat-based movie are we going with? Uh, I was going to suggest Deliverance, but probably not the kind of vibe they want to go for this evening. Uh, <laughs> Niall from Belfast says, what about Dead Calm? This is a great movie starring Billy Zane and Nicole Kidman. That's a cracker. Uh, the overwhelming suggestions have been for this film, five of the most incompetent shipmates ever to sail the seven seas and the passengers turn out to be a strange bunch too. The SS Happy Wanderer will never be the same again. Rating 6.1 on IMDb is Carry On Cruising. What a night for Luke and his family. It's the Hometime Show. That's the podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Cheers for listening and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Richie, you are, you've are you been at home during the course of this show. Do you wonder then, what, what else goes on when you're not there? Obviously, Natalie's putting the heating on. Do you think this is a regular thing? Do you know how not have an app that allows you to see this happen? I have an app, uh, but of course, um, I don't know. If I, The app's only useful if I'm looking at it at the right time, isn't it? The app needs to have some kind of alert system that tells me, oi, it's been tinkered with. It needs a siren. I mean, flipping hell, your, your Apple Watch goes off every five minutes telling you about traffic jams. <laughs> Get it set to that. It needs to warn you when Natalie's got the, uh, the heating on. Do you know what I mean?